0: This is the Bouquet Toss Podcast brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Bouquet Toss. Today's topic is wedding beauty trends. We're particularly excited about this topic because it's definitely a wedding expense that creeps up on a lot of couples. Not only are there expenses for the day of, But so much of what we see these days in beauty involves everyday regimens that lead up to the big day and even go beyond. Getting some savvy tips and advice where beauty is concerned will not only serve you on your wedding day, but for years to come. So with us today to discuss wedding beauty trends is Michaela Crane from White Carpet Ready. Hi, Michaela.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so
2: excited to have you. So I have a little intro I'm going to read to let everybody know a little bit more about you. Having always been a hair and makeup enthusiast and then becoming a professional, Michaela has made it her life's goal to help a bride and her best humans feel absolutely amazing. Kansas City born and raised, she is passionate about her family and community, wanting to vibrantly push the bridal beauty industry forward in all areas. This goal was easy to run with when it came to birthing White Carpet Ready, a powerhouse of three amazing ladies, Alyssa, Michaela, and Mary Catherine saw a huge need in the bridal beauty and wellness space and knew they had to provide the perfect fit for it. Desiring to cut through the beauty noise, Michaela and White Carpet Ready want to help you get the very best results with your beauty prep for the big day. So we're so excited to have you and chat all things beauty.
0: So Michaela, where do you think that the biggest expenses come in when it comes to wedding beauty? Is it in the actual product that you're using? Is it in the facials that you might want to get? Like where are the biggest expenses? That's
1: a really great question to ponder because I think all of those things can be really expensive and all of those things can be 100% worth their price as well. But your wedding day makeup is only as good as the canvas that it is on, whether you're, you know, female, male, you know, whatever, it's so important to prep that. And all of that does come with a cost. You want to pay a professional to do what they've Gone to school and trained to do that's going to be the best for your skin, not just any, you know, willy nilly Joe Schmo off the street that's like, I can kind of do whatever. So when you pay a professional, it's going to cost money and good products cost money too. So you wouldn't want to go and think that, well, I'm going to do this beautiful oil painting and I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby or Michael's and just buy whatever 97 cent whatever. And it's going to be the most beautiful thing that it could be. You need quality products that are going to last and you're going to perform the way that you need them to so that's a non-answer answer answer, i'm sorry (laughs) but it's so true because the skincare leading up to can be expensive and the wedding day makeup can be expensive
0: that all makes complete sense what i wonder is in your professional experience how long before a wedding should you be starting a beauty regimen I hesitate to ask because I feel like one answer is going to be like, you should always be doing this. What is it like they say that when you hit 20, whatever you need eye cream or, what, you know, like <laughs> by 23, you should be using eye cream, you know, whatever it is. So like, yes, there's an argument for this regardless of just wanting to look pretty in pictures. But let's say specifically for your wedding, when does that start?
1: Yeah. Again, you you are correct. It's like early 20 somethings that, you know, the best preventative is done before you see the the actual signs of anything that goes for, you know, your eye cream, your Botox, like all of that. What we personally recommend and everybody's skin is different. Um, So even if you're, Hey, I'm a DIY bride, like super budget conscious right now, or maybe I've had to move my wedding like four times and I've lost all these deposits and had to rearrange a bunch of stuff. So I'm having to make some cutbacks. How can I do this? kind of on my own now. I think one of the biggest things is anywhere between two and four months, really invest, go make at least one appointment with a qualified recommended esthetician and get a facial, get yourself a facial. I think from there, your esthetician is going to be able to really like do a deep dive into your skin and say, Hey, This is what I see. And these are the things that I think that we need to consistently start on right now. And then from there, they can sort of give you this game plan of, hey, you have oily to dry skin. This is what I would recommend for you. And then from there, any products or any esthetician is going to recommend that you buy some of their products. That's part of how they make their money too is retail. And they're typically going to have good products that they're going to retail to you. But they're going to be able to say like, This and this and this is what I would recommend, and in these orders. So, from there, if you're like, hey, this is how I want to save money, it's going to require some work on your part. Look at your ingredients list, look at those products online because products anymore, I think, partially due to just space issues on packaging, but you don't see ingredients lists on things uh, very much anymore. And so you really need to go online to research, hey, what is in this and the percentages of things, Google can be your best friend, you literally can Google anything. So Google your ingredients list. And then you can go and you can find a substitute. One of my favorite over the counter substitutes that's Fairly good, like across the board for almost all skin types, tones, textures is the CeraVe brand. I know so many of us grew up like as a millennial myself, you grew up and you're like, well, either I got the Clinique three-step system or I got Cetaphil. (laughs) Nothing necessarily wrong with either of those two. Cetaphil tends to be really harsh on a lot of skin. So CeraVe is kind of the alternative to that on the -the over-the-counter drugstore brand. The basis of it is to repair, you know, your skin's barriers and to really deposit that hyaluronic acid and your ceramides that are going to rebuild that mantle right there. So that's a great way to do some of that DIY stuff. But really, I mean, honestly, I feel like one facial is not going to kill you like financially. So if this, if you're like, Hey, not only for my wedding day, but like for life in general, I really need to get like a handle on this, spend the money, go to an esthetician, get their input, treat yourself and make your game plan from there.
0: I like that. You're really emphasizing that because this almost disruption of like all the noise that exists within the beauty industry, I think is a huge thing to take note of, but if you are interested in DIYing your makeup, then going and getting that facial, going to an esthetician and getting, you know, like really clear on what you specifically need from an expert is a great way to set you up to then be able to paint your canvas, right? So maybe you do feel really good at doing your makeup. And I think that's something that we shouldn't scoff at at all. Like some women, I mean, especially these days, everybody can learn how to do these incredible makeup techniques from like, Instagram or TikTok, right? And Lord knows during quarantine, we've got the time to experiment. Um, (laughs) So, and I also strongly believe that like when I do my own makeup, I look the way that I like expect to look. When somebody else does your makeup, you won't look that way, which could be for better or for worse. You know, sometimes somebody else who's incredible and a professional is gonna make you look stunning that you would not have been able to quite achieve yourself. But sometimes it also does not actually come out the way you're expecting. So especially if you're like, you know, I'm budgeting for a professional to do my makeup, but I'm going to save and not do a trial. Right. Well, then the risk there is that you might not actually like how it looks.
1: Yep. Yep hundred percent. Yeah.
0: And so, <laughs> you know, if if it is something like if cutting down on some of that costs is big for you within your budget, maybe you can budget for these pre-wedding things like getting that facial. If you get products from them, you'll use them way after the wedding. So it's worth yeah. it in that sense. And then you can invest the time in yourself to really do those trials. And I mean, if you're doing it for you, you could do a trial every week and see what you like the best.
1: Yeah, totally. I I think that's, that's great that you brought that up because I also think that it's so important to have that preview appointment with your makeup artist, if that's the route that you're going to go down, because I think that there's a trust factor that has to be established because we are so used to, Hey, I like, I do my own and whether or not you like the way that you do it. Cause some people do, some people don't you're used to the way that you do it. But if you don't trust them when they tell you as a professional, Hey, I actually wouldn't, I know that you normally do it this way, but I'm going to do it this way because of these other reasons, because of productivity or longevity with a product or the way that it is or isn't going to maybe positively or adversely react with camera flash or in, in light and all these different environmental factors. If that trust factor isn't there, you're not going to believe them when they say that. You're just going to think, oh, well, they can't do this or they don't want to do this or that's not their style or, or whatever. You need that trust factor to be there so that you're like, Okay, yeah. And I can see that. So I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust you. And we're going to see what the end result is. And then we can go from there. And you know, if I like it, then I like it, or I'm going to give feedback, which is also really important. And then, you know, we can work together, because it does have to be collaborative, Um, whether it's you looking on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, IGTV, whatever, to find ways to do it yourself, whether you were getting input from a professional or whether you're having a professional do it, it has to be collaborative.
0: Yeah, I like that you're bringing that up, that trust factor, because not only in the techniques that they're going to use, but also what a lot of people don't realize is that like when it comes to your foundation, there's foundation that's optimized for a camera flash. And that's something that I think a lot of women, men, anybody who are who's wearing foundation daily just doesn't even think about. So I want to get into a little bit more of that specifically for a wedding. I don't know if it's like a more matte foundation that like you're looking I don't know.
1: Yeah. So one of our recommendations is that your skin still looks like skin because weddings are such a multifaceted event. So not only obviously do you want to look good in your photos and in your video, which most are at least shot in 4k now, some are in 5k. And so you want to look good there, but you also want to look good in person. And if you're not a human that is like, Hey, I always wear a massive amount of foundation. Like I look like wax figurine version of myself on the daily. And if that's you, then that's you. Like you rock that sister. But if that's not you, then on your wedding day, you sure as... the heavens should not be wearing massive amounts of foundation because you are going to look like you feel uncomfortable like you do the entire day. And that is going to come out in your pictures that you're like, Oh, I don't feel like I look like myself. Skin always photographs best when it still looks like skin. Typically, the more matte you are, the older your skin actually looks. So when you layer, you know, layer and layer and layer matte foundations, I think Our eyes now are trained to look at it in an Instagram filter sort of way. But in order to achieve that on camera, you have to look so overly done in person. There's a balancing act there. Is that something that's more important to you that you want to be like so crazy, super matte, or do you want to have that dewy glow? Hey, it's bridal. So like for an everyday or I'm going out, it's my bachelorette party. We are going out on the town. We are having fun. That's something that you want to go for, go for it. But on your wedding day, if you're like, hey, I still want to, you know, still look like me, probably shouldn't go that route. And there's so many different foundations um, within that whole range that you really as an artist then have to say, this is what works best on this type of skin or because we're trying to achieve this or that or, or whatever for the daily or for your engagement photos or you're having your engagement party or something like that. I love to tell brides use your regular foundation that you have, and if you're like, hey, it's too thick, mix it with your moisturizer, and you've instantly created a tinted moisturizer. That's all tinted moisturizer is—is is just foundation with their brand of moisturizer. So sheer that out, let your glow come from within. Obviously, you know, spot correct if needed. You know, we've all got nice little mask me going on. So you've got little spots that, you, that you're like, oh, well, I've got more friends than normal on my face. I just keep it, keep it real. I, the, the foundations that you really have to be super conscientious that are not going to react well against camera are going to be your a lot lower end foundations like a Nyx or even like the Maybelline, but so many of those, they're all owned by the big companies like Estee Lauder and L'Oreal own and control most of the beauty industry. Um, so there's a little bit of that, that quality in there. Um, they're all, they've all come such a long way, um, but you're going to get different results with, you know, RCMA foundation, or cryolon uh, or even like a makeup forever, then on your wedding day, then you would bare minerals. Bare minerals is great for every day. It's a powder foundation. It's meant to be like, Oh, yeah, I don't really wear a whole lot. So I've got something that makes me feel comfortable, because I feel like I'm done. I feel like I'm finished. And it lets me take charge of my day, but it's not meant to last all day. And the mica properties in that don't really react really super well. Um, They give what we call flashback on the camera. So a lot of times I know when we look at pictures of celebrities that have been like unedited or whatever, or even like, hello, raise your hand if you have that really lovely picture from high school of prom that you're like, wow, I look like I have reverse raccoon eyes because we all use like 9,000 shades too light of concealer under our eyes. (laughs) So one of two things is happening there. Either it's really not your shade or... Too, it, there's a lot of mica that has been roughly milled in that property, and that's what's causing that flashback with the camera. Um, and then you get that like white under eye. So Yeah. Did I answer your question? I feel like I went off on a a tangent there. I'm so glad you said all of that. I
2: remember back in like 2009, 10 and 11, you know, so many people were like caught up in that like bare minerals powder foundation. I used it. I loved it, but it was an ongoing conversation in so many of the different like bridal groups and things like that, that, you know, their, their makeup artists or their photographers were telling them like, don't wear that on your wedding day. Like, it's a bad idea. (laughs) And yeah, like the celebrity, like gossip magazines of it all, like uh, what you said, like the reflection, I guess, effect created from some of that makeup. It's like, we, we kind of got to learn from other people's mistakes by seeing those images in certain circumstances, but super important to know for anybody who might be considering that sort of thing. So.
0: I like that you pointed out longevity. Because think about it, your hair and makeup gets done, you know, even hours before the first picture gets taken, then your ceremony happens, then your reception happens, like you want it to last all day, essentially. So what are the things that you're like, a bride should have these products with them day of on their wedding to touch up? Even if your makeup was done by a professional, what are the things that you're like, this should be in your toolbox at your wedding day? that's a great question obviously shameless plug our bridal beauty
1: subscription box we actually do have a wedding day box that is specifically for obviously your wedding day so the month of your wedding that's what you would get that really does have sort of everything in it that you would need as far as a touch-up gotten your makeup professionally done or you've done it yourself but this is like the cat's meow if you will you need a touch-up powder Uh, and I know a lot of brides are like hey I'll pay my artist to stay and that's great if your artist wants to do that or if you want to do that but What we tell our brides a lot of time is that when you get your makeup professionally done, you really shouldn't need a whole lot of touch-up, maybe some powder and some lip gloss. I I personally love the RCMA No Color. It's an oppressed palette. It cannot be used as an actual setting powder, uh, but the the properties in it are absorbers and touch-up powders. So they're meant to help with oil absorption. It's just extra shine, sweat, that sort of thing. The other thing is your lip color, long wearing lip colors. I know that people are gonna, people may or may not be offended when I say this. And again, like there's a market for everybody. And so you do you, but I am not a personal fan of lip colors like a lip sense because of the way that they have to be formulated in order to stay that long it is a, a strongly alcohol based product so what's that what that is actually doing is we all know alcohol absorbs it sterilizes and it stings so it does it does it stings your lips but it's absorbing that oil or not the oil but the moisture out of your lips and so it's really drying them out even in order to get that to stay you still have to apply whether it's a lip conditioner or a lip gloss or whatever over it so as far as pictures go Unless you have a lot of beautiful fillers in your lips already, and dry product like that is just going to accentuate our natural lines and creases and crevices in our lips. It's going to bring them out and highlight them. Uh, So if you have to apply something anyway, be applying something that's not going to dry your lips out. Go with a traditional lipstick, or if you're a lip gloss kind of gal, do lip gloss. The only thing that we really ask that bride, like our brides, stay away from is chapstick we have a lot of brides like in the medical field. They're like, hey, my pharmaceutical rep gave me this whole bag of chapstick and that's what I wear. I'm a Burt's Bees gal. That's great. Do that Monday through Friday. But today's Saturday and it's your wedding day. So we're <laughs> gonna put that in your, in your pocket for later. Beeswax actually can adversely react with camera shutters and provide a gray cast over your lips. So if you're like, hey, I'm not a gloss type of gal. I feel like, ooh, when I wear lip gloss... Just go with like a a creamy lipstick. So all of that to say, lip color, you want to have something to touch up with. You want to have probably a setting spray. That's something that we include in our wedding day box is the Scandinavia Bridal Setting Spray. That's my all-time favorite. Fun fact, uh, Scandinavia owns Urban Decay. um, So it's the exact same setting spray formula as some of theirs, except I prefer the Bridal Setting Spray over the All-Nighter Spray. Um, I just feel like it does a better job. It gives you a little bit of that glow coming through without you feeling shiny, but without you feeling completely matte and solid either. You know how some setting sprays you spray them on, you're like, I feel like I just froze my face and I can't move it. Like, I feel like I got Botox, but without the happy side effects of the (laughs) Botox. (laughs) But really beyond that, as far as like touch up stuff, if you've prepped your canvas and you've used the right products, it's really all you should need your wedding day we have several other things I mean lots of several other things in our uh, wedding day box too but uh for somebody that's like hey I'm I'm gonna go out I'm gonna grab what do I need those are the the biggest things
0: that's incredible advice also this is fascinating so I'm just I'm (laughs) loving this conversation I'm just
2: like wow all great tips I'm like writing them down for myself yeah while we're on the subject of wedding beauty we can't forget about your teeth Chances are you're gonna be smiling extra big on your big day, and you'll wanna make sure that your teeth look their best. That's why this episode is sponsored by Bride Bright. It's never been easier to get professional whitening results at home than with the Bride Bright Wedding White Teeth Kit. The kit includes three brush-on whitening pens to provide enough gel so you can try it months before your wedding and still have enough for touch-ups leading up to your special day, a first-of-its-kind wireless dual blue and red LED light mouthpiece to accelerate the whitening process while improving gum health and reducing sensitivity. Also a 3D teeth shade guide to mark your progress so you can see how much whiter your teeth get along the way. And one desensitizing gel to really ensure you don't experience any sensitivity. The coolest part about Bride Bright is that it was created by an actual bride. Typical whitening strips were causing her sensitivity and so she teamed up with her fiancé, now husband. who just so happens to be a dentist, to create a formula to give her the picture-perfect smile for their big day. Get wedding-ready teeth in 10 days by using Bright Bright for just 10 minutes a day. Plus, get free, fast shipping, and 40% off your kit. Yeah, I said 40% with code BOUQUET at checkout. We can't wait to see your beautiful wedding white smiles when you use Bright Bright.
0: You talked about lip stain a little bit. I think a lot of brides think, well, hey, I'm going to be kissing my spouse. We're probably going to have a bunch of kissing pictures throughout the day because, like, they're cute. So I think a lot of brides think they should wear lip stain so that it doesn't get all over their partner. But knowing all of this about the alcohol-based formula for all of these, what is your take on what to wear so that your lips, your lipstick's not smudging and getting literally on everybody and every other thing
1: yeah years ago the tried and true and mac is notorious for this um God, i love them and i hate him at the same time hmm. they had a pro long wear lip color that was basically like a lip paint so kind of the same premise if you will but it was it was more like a lip paint. It wasn't meant to seep in. The thing with lip stains is that they do. They're meant to soak into the skin, to literally stain at least that second layer of your skin. And then it'll show through that first layer. But when that happens, you're going to get the feathering out. You're not going to keep that crisp line around your lips. So lip stains in general aren't super great unless you're like 17 and you have no anything. I mean... God, to be 17 again, right? Or maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, again, still tried and true. MAC does have a pro long wear line in their lip liners. I actually also, not to throw shade on NYX from my comment before, because they actually do have some products that I love, their lip liners being one of them. They are super long wearing. Uh, But the pro makeup artist tip really is to get a shade that you love in a long wearing lip liner line your entire lip, fill that puppy in. If you want to do some sort of ombre effect, because you're like, Hey, I'm not going to get fillers, but I want my lips to look a little bit fuller. Shade in those corners and bring that light. Um, Do a little bit lighter on the inside portion of your lip, bring that light, pull that lip forward, let it blow out, and then use the same shade in the lipstick over it. So you get a very long wearing lip color. Throughout, out but it's not going to dry your lips out where I don't know about you guys but I have that whole thing where it's like I'm a I'm also like I can't stand my lips get flaky and then I'm like pulling off that skin and I'm like oh great my lips bleeding well that was even cuter than before right so (laughs) you just use that use something that's not going to be drying but before you do that you should really use a lip exfoliator, um, just like you do on your face. You want to exfoliate your face. You want to prep the face first. You want to use a lip exfoliator, a lip conditioner. Laneige has a beautiful lip mask um, that we like to use on brides. That's and- like the sticker that they like put over, right? Is that what you mean um- by a mask or? There are lip masks that are like that. And there are some actually Pure Aura has one that's really fun. But that's really meant to be used the night before your wedding. So Linage's lip mask is more, it comes in a pot. And it's, it's like a cream based formula and you just like dip a portion out and you let it sit on your lips. Just let it soak in. It's going to hydrate your lips. It's going to plump them up. It's not going to have an exfoliation factor to it so that it's really just meant to hydrate from the inside out uh, to plump up, to help minimize those lines for things to settle in. Um, But yeah, prep that and then use your long wearing lip liner. I think the MAC lip liners are rated for. I want to say they're eight hours. They might be 10 hours, but they're rated for eight hours of wear. And then you're going to use just a light. You don't have to use a really thick lipstick over it. Just something light. Give a little bit of slip in between your lips. So
0: never heard of a lip exfoliator, and I need it three years ago. Oh,
1: (laughs) yes. There are so many out there.
0: There are a lot out there. Cue me literally next purchase getting that because that's incredible. I have to pick your brain about two other trends that I feel like are huge, which are eyebrows and eyelashes. And I say trend because, of course, we've always wanted them to look good. But now it's like this drawn on eyebrow situation thing, like microblading and just so many things. And then also false lashes where there's a million, I mean, there's magnetic ones, there's glue ones, there's... I don't even know. So I want to talk about both of these. Let's start with eyebrows. What's oh, okay. the, what's the obsession with eyebrows?
1: um Well, so eyebrows really—they really frame your face. Again, I'm a millennial. Graduated high school in 2002, so like we all had the like overly plucked or shaved off eyebrow situation, where then you just draw like one little line, and you're like, "Wow, cute." But for those of us who either have A, overplucked and have no brows left, thanks JLo for being the style icon. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, for whatever reason, you know, just age in general, we then need to go and fill those in or shape them. I do recommend that you go get your brows shaped for a bride. And usually a couple months before, if you've never gotten it done before, because then you have time that if you're like, hey, I do not like the way that they were shaped. You have time for them to grow back but if you're like hey i'm i'm not gonna keep this up like i wanted just like the beginning shape you can keep it up at home if you're gonna get everybody's different whether they like their brows to be waxed whether they like them to be threaded uh, where they like them to be tweezed and everybody's got their own take on which one feels better for them some people say waxing hurts more some people say threading hurts more six and a half, one dozen, the other. But I would recommend that you go get them professionally shaped and then you can upkeep at home. The only thing is for your wedding day, don't wax your brows any closer than like a week and a half to your wedding day, up to your wedding day. Uh, Because what can happen with waxing is that you can take off that top layer of your skin. And because that brand new skin doesn't have any of the teeny tiny hairs on it or uh, any texture to it, it will not allow the makeup to stick as well to that fresh skin as to the other skin. And so sometimes you can get like spots where it seems like, Oh, there's missing makeup. And why isn't that staying there? Um, and it just looks strange. So we can have two weeks before is really ideal to go. If you're like, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm a waxer and I'm going to go get them waxed, do that. And then if you get a few strays pop up, just like pop in the bathroom with your nice little light and your tweezer tweezers and, get those bad boys gone. But I think like, pray, sweet baby Jesus, that the days of like the Sharpie eyebrows are over too. like the giant squares on everyone's faces. Like I'm here raising my hand. I did it too. But I look back and I'm like, Whoa, that's all I can see are eyebrows. (laughs) I can't see anything else. Uh, So I I actually love the way the eyebrows are being shaped right now. It's, It's pretty natural, more of like a feathered out front and a soft side. But shadow is, is our favorite to fill in with. And I think a great tip and trick for that. I know a lot of things exist as far as brow palettes and pomades and like so on and so forth. But if you're, if you're a person that's like, Hey, I want to start filling in my brows, but I don't know what to do with a brow pencil. Pomades are like oil paint and that's going to be too much. What do I do? Clear mascara, the tried and true Maybelline. Pink and green tube, great lash, clear mascara. That's the exact same thing as a brow set, as a clear brow set. It's just clear mascara. That's all that it is. I mean, you look at the ingredients. That's all that it is. So set your eyebrows, get that wand out, set it, and be like, okay, now that I see where they can go, where do I want to tweeze? Where where don't I want brows? Then you can take it from there. And if you're filling them in beyond that, take your brown eyeshadow or your blonde, your gray eyeshadow, whatever shade closely matches your eyebrows. In your eyeshadow and fill them in, because that's really all eyebrow powder is. It's just shadow makeup on a very basic level. All starts the exact same. It's so your different emollients, your mul- your emulsifiers, everything that you put with it that turns it into something else. So when you see your big pans of like, you know, you go buy like a refill for um, your your blush and it's in a big pan, it's the exact same thing as that eyeshadow. That's the exact same shade in a smaller pan it's just, they're marketing it as blush. So you can use blush as eyeshadow. You can use eyeshadow as blush. You can use eyeshadow as contour. If you are like, Hey, I bought every Hula shade out there and they're all pulling like Oompa orange on me. I need something that's cooler. Mix it with a gray eyeshadow. Bam. You've got your contour
0: color, So yeah, sorry, I derailed from brows. No, there there you go. This is truly fascinating. And I want to switch gears now. We did the deep dive into eyebrows. Now we got to do eyelashes, which is definitely a trend in everyday wear, not just for special occasions. There are so many options and I want to hear your take on them. From personal experience for my sister's wedding, we got those individual ones glued in and I've never felt more beautiful ever. And that night I was like, can I sleep in them and like hope that they'll stay on tomorrow because I just love them so much, but they're really like meant for just the day and they're going to start falling out. So let's do a deep dive into all the different options, what you like, what you don't like. Go ahead.
1: Totally. There are so many options out there. Um, you know, whether there are false lashes, whether you're talking about like using lash serums or whether you're talking about lash extensions, there are, there are a lot of options out there for the daily. Uh, if you're like, Hey, like, I kind of want some like lash business going on in general. I'm a real big fan of Grande lash, the lash serum. It absolutely works. Um, I personally use it again, not getting paid. I should be getting paid to say all this stuff. <laughs> um, no, I'm not getting paid to say this. It, it, it really does work. They're fantastic. I mean, it will take, you need to start using it probably three months before your wedding. So that way it has time to really start and take effect for you and then using just a bomb mascara on top of it if you're you know doing it yourself as far as wedding day goes or I guess even in the daily if you're a lash wearer strip lashes are the easiest to put on yourself but what I do see a lot that I think people who don't do them on themselves all the time, it would save them a lot of headache <laughs> in the long run is if you take your strip lash and you cut it into about three different sections and you apply them in sections because you're going to get some flexibility there as your eyes is, is turning and looking in different directions, but you're not going to get when they're all attached on the same band. because when they do, if you have a very round shaped eye and not an almond sort of flat eye, you need a lot of real estate space when you're eyes looking you know the right and the left and when it is looking to the right and the left it's causing tension and you're getting that pulling effect on the opposite side and put them on always starting in the outer corner because you might find that once you apply two that's enough and you don't need to go all the way in um, or you can trim them even more and shorten them or you can use that extra and what we call double stack it on maybe another section that you've already placed to give you an extra dimension there that will blend even more seamlessly we as artists when we we go do a wedding. We prefer to use the individual lashes on people because you are getting all of that flexibility. You can put them exactly in the spaces to provide a really natural look, or you can keep stacking and stacking and stacking and giving a super dramatic look to somebody. But they're just—they're not as heavy. As a a traditional strip lash and a lot of times strip lashes, especially if you're going to like a red carpet event, they're at least double stacked, if not triple stacked. So they're pretty heavy, but it's all personal preference and what people wear. I guess I'm not talented enough to put them on myself. (laughs) Individual lashes are a pain. I cannot put them on myself and get them to not look a little wonky. I also have had the hardest time. I've tried every single magnetic lash out there, whether they magnetize to themselves or whether they magnetize to a liner. I've tried them all. I'm not a huge fan. Personally, I know a lot of people who are, and again, do what works for you, but I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of them. Going along those lines, I'm not a huge fan of lash extensions. And the reason being Not that they're not beautiful, not that they don't give a a really great effect, but number one, I think a lot of times, a lot of lash artists can take them a little bit too much. And so for a wedding day look, it just, they take center stage and then you can't see any of the beautiful shadow artistry that your makeup artist is doing. And so then it's like, oh, like that's all I see are lashes. When I look at you, um, they're just really kind of overly full. Um, I have seen some that are just so, they've been done so beautifully. But my main beef with them actually is that the glue, the chemical compounds, the binder in it has to be formaldehyde that's used in order to make them stay. And I just, I'm like, man, FDA, like you have regulated formaldehyde in just about every other area of the beauty industry. And we're not allowed to use it in anything else. Like, why is this, (laughs) why is this still a thing? Like, but the reality is until you're made to change it, nobody's gonna be like, oh, guess what? I changed it. Like, cause nobody really cares cause they don't know. But I think formaldehyde is great as embalming fluid, just not next to your eyeball while you're still alive. <laughs> so that's my personal preference. But yeah, I i mean, I would, I would prefer to use individuals on a bride any day of the week.
0: So the last thing I wanna ask about eyelashes is if you're expecting to cry, like if you're expecting to have a lot of those happy tears, What's the best option for your eyelashes in that sense? Is waterproof mascara going to be your best friend? Is, like, yeah, absolutely. Will you cry off the individual lashes?
1: So you shouldn't. You really you really shouldn't cry off any of the individual lashes. But we never give any brides um, a choice. Actually, we never give anybody a choice on a wedding day. If we're doing your makeup, you're getting waterproof mascara. Our tried and true, which you will probably find in legitimately every professional makeup artist's kit, is again Maybelline Great Lash in the pink and green tube. No waterproof. way. True story. True story. Because the formula is good, not because the brush is good, not because the the spoolie is good. Because the formula is good. So that waterproof formula, it is there, man. And if it ain't broke, do not fix
0: it. <laughs> that is so good to know. Yeah. This has been truly like such an incredible conversation. It's chock full of incredible advice and tips. We're so grateful for all of your expertise. Something we like to do on the bouquet toss is a segment called keep it or toss it. So if you could pick one thing like in a makeup bag to keep and one thing to toss, what would it be?
1: Oh, gosh.
0: I only get to pick one of each. You can pick more.
1: Um. Okay. Keep in a makeup bag. Mascara. Toss probably any one of the nine million eyeshadow palettes that everyone possesses, <laughs> and they're they're everyone possesses like all ninety kajillion of the naked palettes, and they're all the same shades, just in a different package. So that that would probably be one. They have a great product. They're just, it's the same in all, in all sectors. Like everybody's like, oh, look, this is reformulator. Oh, we did a collab with so-and-so and you're like, great. These are all the same shades that I already have in your brand, much less like the same shades that I have in 12 other brands already. So, yeah. And those yeah. things are big.
0: They take up a lot of space. They really, really do.
1: I'm a big fan of the real her palettes as far as shadows go. And I'm also a super big fan of the Viseart palettes. Viseart has done a really great job of combining both mattes and shimmers in their palettes and they're really small and compact and real her does a great job of like sectioning them out of like hey this palette would be great if you have fair skin this palette would be great if you have like super deep skin this is medium tones for neutrals because if we're honest on a daily wear which is what you're buying them for that's what you're going to gravitate towards anyway for the vast majority of the consumer population we're we're navigating or being drawn towards those neutral palettes and not something bright that you would use once in a never moon anyway so Don't ask me that again, because I'd probably change my answer.
0: (laughs) Well, you're off the hook. But before we go, um, we like to close with a fun wedding fact. And I wanted to do something makeup related, right? So I'm going to put you on the spot. According to the Zoe report, what color was the lipstick color for 2020?
1: Oh, gosh. I'm going to guess it's
0: something in the mauve tones. That's what I would have guessed as well. And to be fair, like no one wore lipstick in 2020, anyway. But right? <laughs> apparently, yeah. who, it was, who was wearing lipstick? Truly, nobody. But a simple pink. Okay,
1: is that a shade, or is that like, are we talking like a specific brand? I, there are so many factors. Yeah. See, I'm I'm an Enneagram one. Me and too. So yes, so it's hard because we only want to give the perfect answer. I don't play games; I don't win, sister. Uh, I can tell you what the Pantone color of the year is, tell us. which is. Not my favorite, but for 2021. Yeah. It's yellow. um, It's like daffodil yellow. I don't know, technically know what they've labeled it as because yellow is yellow, but it's yeah, it's yellow. So I'm not excited for that to be bridal anyway. Well, anyway,
0: (laughs) this has been truly so much fun. I already want to bring you back for another episode. So like maybe part two, but before we go tell everybody where they can find white carpet ready on the internet.
1: Yeah, thanks. We have several. So, our White Carpet Ready box, um, which is all about products and prep for your wedding day, as well as education. We do part of one of the perks is like Zoom classes with or help and tutorials um, with us as makeup artists and hair artists to help you along through that process, too. So, that is at White Carpet Ready. And then our website is just whitecarpetready.com. We do, if you're Kansas City local and you're like, hey, I'm looking for a hair and makeup artist for my wedding day, and it's not in 2021, sorry. <laughs> we are at White Carpet Bride. But if you just want to follow and do inspo, uh, we always love that too. So uh, we do have a website as well. It's just whitecarpetbride.com. But yeah.
0: Amazing. Yay. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Michaela, so much for being here and sharing all of this incredible information with us. I know I personally learned a lot and hope everyone else did as well.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You've been listening to the Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way. We're continuing the discussion in our private community. Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to the slash community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, and we look forward to chatting again soon.